This is the power of words number two. Also, the power of tongue. Because you don't have words unless you can write, unless you can speak. And isn't it interesting that everything in the Bible has to do with that? But before we get to that, let's cover a little news. Hasn't been reported much here in, in the West, but China has been suffering terrible floods because they get the monsoon rains. And some of their towns have received up to 27 inches of rain. And so that's causing flooding in China. That's causing a lot of problems in China. And that also means that China is going to have to start taking care of things at home. Now then, there's another thing what the Chinese and Russians are trying to do. They're trying to bring about what is called the BRICS. Brazil, India, China, and Russia. Okay? And South Africa. They want to create a new international currency for trade. However, the Chinese are now in no position to bring that forward. And here's why. The Chinese have a lot of bankruptcies beginning to take place because of their fast development of the high-rise dwellings that they're trying to force everyone into, and a lot of them are empty. Now, they have billions and billions and billions of dollars that they have in loans, which they get from where? The Western countries. So China will not be able to do what it wants to do, nor will Russia be able to do what it wants to do in the time period that they think they need to do it. All right? Now then, here's another one on health. Chlorine dioxide kills superbugs. Now, chlorine dioxide is available, and it will kill a lot of different things to, when people become infected. So I just bring that up to you for you to check out. Okay? Now then, the power of words. How important is that? How important it is in relationship to also our thinking and our emotions and what we do and how we do it and how we say it and how people respond to it. So let's come to Proverbs. Now, while we're turning to Proverbs, let's come to Proverbs 18. <clears throat> I want you to think on this. The whole book of Proverbs is a very detailed study on how to think and how to speak 
to understand the difference between sin and righteousness, self-willedness and haughtiness, and all of those things. So here in Proverbs 18, we'll start. We'll start with verse 19. Now here's a problem that happens in the church. And it also happens in the world. Verse 19, a brother offended. Now, we'll talk about offenses a little bit later on. But people offend one another, and many times they don't realize that they're doing it, and it causes a lot of hurt feelings. Same way in the world. Look at the offensive speech that is taking place in the world today. And a lot of that is perpetuated and carried on with the mainstream media, the fake news. Verse 19, a brother offended is harder to be one than a strong city. Now, have you ever offended someone you don't know you, that you have offended them? Or you don't care whether you offend them or not? So you think on that, okay? And their disagreements are like the bars of a fortress. Now, how strong is a person's individual mental capacity. Very strong. Verse 21. Now, I want you to take special note of this because we'll cover this in the New Testament as well. And which what we know and understand that the Old Testament and New Testament agree with each other. One reinforces the other. Okay, so here, verse 21. Now think of this. Okay. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Isn't that true? And who ultimately determines life or death? God does. Okay. Now, also, it has the power with offense to cause people to hate one another. And sometimes that hatred comes about that you're completely unaware of. So this is why the message is going through the power of words. Okay. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it shall eat the fruit of it. Okay? Now then, let's come to Matthew, the 12th chapter. And let's see what Jesus said. And let's think about what it means for us and how we need to conduct our lives and how we need to control what we say 
and what we speak. Matthew 12 and verse 34. Now he says this, speaking to the scribes and Pharisees who continually ridiculed him. O offspring of vipers, how are you able to speak good things being evil? Now we see that today, don't we? On television. And people's opinions. And people's, how shall we say, forcing upon the society their way of thinking and they don't even understand what's right and wrong. Now, part of that is because of the punishment that God is bringing upon us because of rejecting God in the first place. Okay? Now, notice what it says, the rest of verse 14. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's why there's a proverb which says, when a person holds his tongue, he is counted as wise. Because he will listen first. Verse 35, the good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings out good things. The wicked man out of the wicked treasure, brings out wicked things. And we see that today, right? Yes. Does that influence people in a church? Yes. Does that influence what we do with each other? Yes. All right, let's read on. Verse 36. But I say to you, now listen carefully, okay? And I want you to tie this in with offended where we started. That sometimes we offend people. We don't know we offend them. Or sometimes we offend them and we don't care whether we offend them or not. So offenses come. Emotions and problems get involved. Okay. But notice this, verse 36. But I say to you, for every idle word that men may speak, they shall be held accountable in the day of judgment. Now think of that especially among brethren. That's important to understand. For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. Okay? Now, that tells us an awful lot, doesn't it? Yes, indeed. Now, what I want everyone to do is this. I want you to think about your approach to people, and especially to brethren. Now, there does come a time to tell sinners in no uncertain terms they're sinning so that they can repent. 
There are other times when difficulties come along that we need to learn how to handle them properly. Let's come back here to the book of James. Let's see what James told us, chapter 3, about the tongue. Quite an amazing thing. Now, you stop and think about all the things in the New Testament that have to do with how brethren get along with each other. So let's read it here. Chapter 3, the book of James. Verse 1. My brethren, do not many of you become teachers, knowing that we will receive more severe judgment. What did Jesus say? You're going to be judged by what you say. Okay. Because we frequently offend every one of us. Now, why don't you stop and think? Have you offended someone? Maybe you haven't thought about it, whether you have or not. But I want you to think about it. And think about how you answer. Think about how you talk. Okay? If anyone does not offend in what he says, so what does this tell us? All, all of us. can cause problems because of this, the tongue, and this, the mind, and this, the heart, all combined. Okay, if one does not offend, this one is a perfect man and is able to hold in check the whole body. Then he says, I want you to learn a lesson here. He says in verse 3, Remember, we put bits in horses' mouths in order that they may obey us, and we direct their entire bodies. Then he talks about a ship. Consider this a ship being big and driven by the wind or driven by the motors. Okay. But what guides it? A rudder. A very small thing compared to the ship. Okay? Verse 5. In the same way also, the tongue is a little member, and it boasts great things. And see how large a forest is set ablaze by a little fire. Now, this past two weeks, Maui is recovering from the fire that took place. And all of the stupidity of men combined to make it a greater disaster than is imaginable. But none of them are willing to take credit for what they did that wasn't right. 
Verse 6. The tongue is a fire. Isn't that what people like to do? And how many times do we have an opinion where we, as I mentioned last time, judge their thoughts? And we don't know what they're thinking. And maybe they're just misspeaking. We have no idea. Is a fire a world of unrighteousness? So has the tongue been among our members, among Christians. The one member that defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of life and is set on fire of Gehenna. Okay. That's the tongue. Okay. And we're going to be judged by it. Okay. Over here to verse 8, which tells us this. Verse 8 tells us it's a lifelong thing that we need to understand. James 3, verse 8. But the tongue, no human being is able to tame unless you choose to do so. And unless we educate ourselves in a way so that we become aware, so that we can speak things in a right way, and hopefully not offend one another, because sometimes the offenses are piled on one after one after another and are like it says in the Proverbs, like the bars of iron. It is an unrestrainable evil full of death-dealing poison. With it, we bless God the Father. And with it, we ourselves curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes out blessing and cursing. Brethren, these things ought not be so. Okay. Then he adds one more thought to it, then we'll take a break. Does a fountain pour out of the same opening sweet water and bitter water? No, it doesn't. Same way with the tree. It can only bear whatever fruit that it is. Verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you? Now, let's hope we'll be wise and understanding. Let's hope that we will learn. And let's hope that we apply these things to ourselves. See, because living in the world, most important day is the Sabbath day. 
we have six days, and it's all we can do to get to the Sabbath where we can have some rest, where we can learn God's way, where we can learn God's truth, where we can be corrected. And as I said last time, self-correction with the Word of God and the Spirit of God. That's how we can control the tongue. All right? So let's take a break, and we'll be back in 20. Welcome back to Sabbath Services. Now let's continue on. The power of words, the power of the tongue, and it is for good, and it is many times used improperly, and many times it's used for evil. But let's come back to the book of James, because James has some really good things for us to understand. All right? Verse 15, chapter 3. Considering self-exaltation and envy against the truth, verse 15, this wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Okay? And that's what we see with so much speech in the world today. Let's read on here. Because where bitter envying and selfish ambition are, there is dissension and every evil thing. And that's exactly what's happening in the world. People are fighting back and forth. Those who are the ones who are evil are trying to gain the upper hand. And those who are trying to keep things where they're decently law-abiding, have to fight real hard against it. But the wisdom from above is first pure. Now, this is talking within the congregation here. Okay. Then peaceful, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy, and good fruits, impartial, and without hypocrisy. So there's the contrast. And so we need to keep this in mind. You know, when we come out of the world, we have to be totally re-educated in our heart and mind and everything that we do. This is why God has his word to teach us so we can learn. All of us as elders, we have to learn. And because what we say can have a great effect upon people. All right? And he says, verse 18, Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. So you have a contradiction here, it seems like. Kind of like a two-sided coin. Those who get offended and those who make offenses. 
Now, sometimes people who get offended get offended for no reason. But many times they're easily offended. And if that's the case, then you have to figure out why. And if you are bringing things to people that offend them, think about what you're doing and saying. And don't be impetuous, that is, blurting out your answers. Okay? Now then, let's come down here to chapter 4 in verse 5. Because here's what we're also dealing with. We're dealing with overcoming human nature. And I don't think there's a one of us yet who have perfect control over human nature. Not any of us. Not me. No one else. Okay? So let's pick it up here in verse 5. Or do you think that the Scripture says in vain, the spirit that dwells in us lusts with envy. That's the law of sin and death within us, which we have to fight against. See? So, overcoming and developing character and how we speak and what we think and what we do is all the process of conversion. Okay? Verse 6, for he gives greater grace. That is the reason it says, now listen to this, God sets himself against the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. Now, how are we humble? When we love the brethren, when we love each other. When we're just not looking at them to be critical of this or critical of that or critical of the other thing. Okay. So he said, verse 7, therefore, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. That's why we have Sabbath services. Think of how quickly all of this would disappear without the Sabbath and without the Word of God and without the Spirit of God and without the teaching and reinforcing and repeating and understanding. I was talking with someone here recently, and the discussion was the importance of repetition. And I mentioned... That's why we have the Sabbath every seventh day. Not ten days, not three days, but seven. Okay. And on this day, when we come to God, His presence will be here with us, with His Spirit in us. Okay. Now then, He says this. Cleanse your hands 
you sinners, purify your heart, you double-minded. Now, that's very interesting. He starts out in the very first chapter about if anyone is double-minded, he's unstable in all his ways. See? And if you're double-minded, look at it this way. You can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. So in the world, you please those in the world and you have one foot in the church so you think you can do right. No, you've got to have both feet in the church. Okay? So that's what he's saying there. Okay? Then he says, Be grieved and mourn and weep and let your laughter be turned into grieving and your joy into mourning. That is the joy of thinking evil against someone. Okay? Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you, that is, in due time. And what is the ultimate exaltation coming? The resurrection, isn't that true? See? And that's what every elder and minister needs to understand. We are here to serve and to teach and not rule over. And not to treat the brethren as if they are our possessions, but to love them and teach them, to encourage them and help them. And that's what God wants. Okay? So he says, come down here, verse 11, brethren, do not talk against one another. Well, we'll look at some of the Proverbs about that, see. Do not make fun against them. See? You don't like to be made fun of? Don't make fun of them. You don't like sarcastic remarks coming to you? Don't give sarcastic remarks to someone else. See? And if someone does something that isn't right, that doesn't mean you have to correct them. Sometimes you need to. But other times, I'll give you a clue. What will help more than anything else? Prayer. And pray about it. So, if you pray about these things, instead of talking against each other and railing against each other and putting people down, and that's what comedians do all the time. They put people down. There's hardly any, any good comedian around anymore. I was talking to someone here the other day, too, about years ago, Years ago, when I used to have good comedy on television, now there's no such thing as good comedy. <laughs> it's hard to have it. See? All right. So he says, 
The one who talks against a brother and judges his brother is speaking against the law. Now, we'll look at the law in just a minute concerning that, and is judging the law. Now, notice what he says, because here's what happens. When people start to put others down with snide remarks, what are they doing? Exalting themselves. So we can't be doing that. That's not right. Because then, if you're judging the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. Isn't that true? How many times have each one of us somewhere, how many times, how far back, how just recently have we done that? like we covered last time in Matthew 7. Don't condemn someone else lest you be condemned. And then Jesus said, how can you take the sliver out of your brother's eye when you got the beam in your own eye? See? So these all tie together, all right? There's one lawgiver, and that is God, and he is the one who has the power to save and destroy. Who are you that you presume to judge another? Okay. Now let's come back to the book of Leviticus here for just a minute, and let's see that what we're covering here is common to all people. I mean, you can even check out at the store. And what do they have? Half of the magazines there are all about gossip and all about sin and all about exalting the self. Okay? Leviticus 19. Let's come back here. Okay? This is what God says. Now, it's amazing, isn't it? How much of these things are in what is called the Old Testament, but how that they're all reinforced in the New Testament as well. Okay. So let's pick it up here. Leviticus 19 and verse 16. Okay. Now here is a law, right? And if you judge the law, you're judging God. And if you're judging someone by what you think and you don't have any understanding of what's really going on, then you're condemning them. Okay? And if you turn around and start talking about it, think on this. Verse 16. You shall not go as a tale-bearer among your people. Now, when there's trouble going on, whatever you hear, you got to double-check. Because things can be distorted very easily. Okay? 
You shall not stand idly by the blood of your neighbor. I am the Lord. Okay? Verse 17. You shall not hate your brother in your heart. Okay? What are we to do? What did John say? We are to love one another. Even with the faults and mistakes that we all have. See? Keep that in mind. You shall admonish your neighbor that you may not bear sin because of him. Okay? Verse 18, you shall not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Okay? That's what we need to do. Now, especially today, since when we get together, we're not a very large group, are we? See? What are we going to do if we bite and devour and savage each other? And ridicule and rail against each other. What is that going to lead to? Well, it leads to no good. All right, now let's come to Proverbs 11. Let's see that this carries through in the book of Proverbs. Now, let me just suggest this. The book of Proverbs is a great spiritual lesson on how to talk, to think, to react, to understand right and wrong, good from evil, contact with God, loving our neighbor, all of that. All right? Proverbs 11 and verse 13. Now, how many times has something come up that you heard over the phone from someone somewhere about something, and you can't wait to hang up the phone and call someone else and tell them immediately what you just heard. Okay? Verse 13. A tale-bearer is a revealer of secrets. Okay? Now then, for all elders, and everybody else, never, under any circumstances, discuss someone's problems and difficulties that you have been counseling them on. Never discuss that with anyone else, not even your wife. I never in all the years being a minister, discuss these things with my wife. She doesn't need to be burdened down with other people's problems. See? Now notice what it says, the last part of it here. But the one who is of a faithful spirit keeps the matter hidden. Okay, because when there are difficulties, we want to find a solution to work it out. 
And that takes prayer, and that takes study, and that takes counseling. All right? Let's go on. Let's see another one here. Okay? Let's come to Proverbs 26. And you will see, if you start studying through the book of Proverbs, that it's full of everything. Proverbs 26, verse 22. The words of a tale-bearer. Now, who's a tale-bearer? If they're a gossip, what's the first thing that they ask and they get on the phone? Have you heard? Or did you know? Okay. The words of a tale-bearer are wounds. Same thing with ridicule. Same thing with putting people down. You hurt them. That's why John said, and Jesus said, love one another. How? As I have loved you. Okay. The words of a tale bear our wounds, and they go down into the innermost part of the belly. Okay. That's what happened. See? And some people have a hard time and they can't forgive. See? And we'll talk about forgiveness too, because that's also central into the solution of the problem, of the power of the of words and the power of the tongue. Verse twenty three. Burning lips and a wicked heart are like a broken piece of pottery with silver dross. I can say, look at Fulton, Georgia, with what they're trying to do with Trump. Little sidebar. I think his picture was perfect. Okay, let's go on. He who hates and disguises it with his lips stores up deceit within himself. Now, we are to hate the sin, but remember, most of those who are out there sinning are what? They're blinded, so what we need to do is blame the devil, right? And then tell him what God wants. Okay? Stores up deceit within himself when he makes his voice gracious. Do not believe him, for seven hateful things are in his heart. And there were those that came into the church who did that and who took it down because those who were the leaders were not being faithful to God or faithful to the word of God as they should have been. 
and God knows. Verse 26, he whose hatred is covered by deceit, his wickedness shall be revealed before the congregation. Eventually, evil will come out. And then evil has to be dealt with properly, with proper judgment, getting all the facts, knowing what transpired, understanding what occurred, realizing the results of what happened. All right? Now come down here to verse 28. A lying tongue hates those afflicted by it. And a flattering mouth works ruin. That's exactly what happened in Worldwide. The exaltant exaltation of a man so high that the vanity destroyed the church. However, he did repent. And I'm sure that God recognizes that repentance. How bad can a person sin and when there's real repentance and God forgives, you look at what happened to Ahab. Remember what happened there? God told Elijah, you go to Ahab and tell him that he's the worst wicked person in the world and he is going to die. Okay, so Elijah went down there and told Ahab what was going to happen. And surprise, what happened? He'd put on sackcloth and ashes and walked tenderly. So before Elijah got home, God said to Elijah, look at my servant Ahab, how he has humbled himself. So you go back and tell him that the judgment that you gave him will not happen till later on. So God will accept the repentancy. That's important, all right? Now then, let's come back here to Proverbs 20, verse 19. A terrible bearer goes around revealing secrets. Therefore, do not mix with him who flatters with his lips. Okay? Let's look at another Proverbs here. Proverbs 18. Now, there are a lot of, lot of verses in Proverbs 18 about the tongue. Okay? Proverbs 18. And verse 8. Again, about the tail-bearer. The words of a tail-bearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost part of the belly. Okay? That is your emotions. Now, remember the message that Eduardo Elizondo gave? How that everything that we do affects our mind, affects our heart, and affects our gut. 
All of it. So these things become really some important things for us to understand. Come up here to verse 4. Proverbs 18. The words of a man's mouth are like deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is like a flowing stream. Okay. So this is when you have good words, when you have things that are encouraging, when you have things that will help people, then it comes like that. It's a whole lot different, isn't it? Yes, it is. Let's come to Proverbs 19 and verse 20. Proverbs 19 and verse 20, just across the page. Hear advice and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter end. Okay? In other words, continually learn the right thing. All right? Let's come to Proverbs 27. Let's pick it up right here in verse 1. Okay? Do not boast yourself of tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Isn't that true? Yes, I've seen that happen many, many times. It doesn't work out the way that you expect, okay? Let another man praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. I wish someone could convey that to Donald Trump. I think that would help him. Verse 4, wrath is cruel and anger is overwhelming, but who is able to stand before jealousy? Okay. Now then, does that mean we never correct? No. We do correct. And like I've been covering, the best correction is self-correction with the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Okay? Because each one of us know our own thoughts, right? And all the things that we have up in here that we never tell anybody else about, right? Which God knows, correct? All right? So when it comes time for correction and someone must bring it, Here's this proverb, verse 5, Proverb 27. Open rebuke is better than secret love. Okay. Now, isn't that what God does? He rebukes us. He corrects us. How? Through his word, through his spirit, through circumstances, right? Through others. Okay. Continuing verse 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend. So if someone corrects you, take the correction. It won't hurt you. It may hurt your feeling. Okay. And sometimes it may not be entirely correct. But take it for what it's given. Okay. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Proverbs 10, 
Let's pick it up in verse 20. Okay. Now this is telling us how we need to use our tongues, how we need to speak to each other, and to upbuild each other. Now remember this. Whenever you put someone down in a sarcastic way, you're trying to exalt yourself. See? All right. Verse 20, Proverbs 10. The tongue of the righteous is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for a lack of wisdom. Okay. Self-explanatory. We can see that every day in, in everything in the world. All right. Take the book of Proverbs as self-instruction from God to you directly and self-correction from God, from God to you directly, and education to help you overcome. And that's what God wants. God condemns sin so that we can repent. And so we can overcome. All right? Let's come to Matthew. Matthew 9. Okay? Now remember, the scribes and Pharisees were always self-righteous and looking down on everyone else. See? And when Jesus came, he didn't come to them. And that was their big beef against Jesus all along, because he didn't come and, and join them politically. Rather, he pointed out what needs to be done correctly, because in the self-righteousness of the Pharisees and scribes and Sadducees, they put down other people. See? So here's what happened. Matthew 9, and let's begin here in verse 10. And it came to pass when Jesus sat down to eat in the house that, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. Huh. How can it be a man of God if he comes to sinners? Well, Jesus came to call them to repentance. Let's read on. And after seeing this, the Pharisee said to his disciples, Why does your master eat with tax collectors and sinners instead of us? Well, look what happened when he ate with the Pharisee there in Luke 7 and in Luke 11. Okay? You can read that. But when Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are strong do not have need of a physician, but those who are sick. Now go learn what this means. Quote, here's what God wants. 
I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And God wants us to be forgiven. For I did not come to call the righteous, or you could put in there the self-righteous, but sinners to repentance. And that's what God wants. So if in any of these things we find ourselves that, that we're sinning, let's learn this lesson right here. God is not interested in the sacrifice of self-righteous condemnation. He is interested in repentance. See? Now, let's come here and see what else that we need to do. Okay? Let's see. Let's come to Psalm 86 and keep this in mind. Now, one of the best ways to help someone who needs some correction is not necessarily to go and correct them. You pray about it. You ask God to lead them to it. You ask God to help them to overcome. You ask God to forgive them and lead them. Okay? Now, we're going to learn something here. Psalm 86. Okay? Now, let's just mention here, since we're in Psalms, how does God forgive our sins? When they're forgiven, where are they? They're as far as the east is from the west. Okay? Verse 1. Here's a prayer of self-correction and yieldedness to God and forgiveness. Bow down your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Isn't that true? This is David. What was David? King. He was over everyone else. Is it ever written that David stood up and told all the people, I am king over every one of you. You all bow down to me. No, he turned them to God, right? Yes. Said poor needy, preserve my soul, for I am holy. O you, my God, save your servant who trust in you. He knew he needed to be saved. See? All of us do. That's why in the daily prayer, and we'll get to that in just a minute, we pray, forgive us our sins. Right? Then there's another part of it we'll look at a little bit later here. Okay? Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I cry to you all, all day long. Rejoice the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive. Now think of that. Should we not be ready to forgive one another? And some will say, well, they haven't asked for forgiveness. Well, 
forgive them anyway. What did Jesus do? The first words he said when he was lifted up on that cross and all of the hateful ones were there. The soldiers were there. Those who were jeering and saying, if you're the son of God, take yourself down from here and we'll believe you. What did he say? You just wait till I come back and I'll take every one of you down. No. What did he say? He said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. See? So when you come to God, remember this verse, verse 5. O Lord, you are good and ready to forgive, rich in mercy to all those who call upon you. When you're in an attitude of, I am poor and needy. Verse 7, give ear, O Lord, to my prayer and attend to the voice of my supplication. Okay. So that's quite a thing to always remember. God wants forgiveness. And we need to forgive one another and forgive even if they haven't asked for it. See? Pray that they may ask for it. Pray that they may overcome and in their study and in their prayers and in the things that the their minister teaches them that will lead them to repentance. That's what God wants. Okay? Notice, verse 7, In the day of my trouble I will call upon you, for you will answer me. Then come down here to verse 11. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Okay? That's what God wants. That's why we don't go around as tail bearers. That's why we don't condemn each other and try and judge their minds. Okay? Now, let's look at another aspect of this. Let's come here to Matthew, the sixth chapter, because there's something else of our forgiveness that we need to understand. We all want to be forgiven our sins that we have against God, right? Yes, indeed. Okay? So, in the model prayer, verse 12, Matthew 6, verse 12, here's the model prayer. And forgive us our debts, and that means the debt of the sin that we have against others, as we also forgive our debtors. Now, we're going to see we are not to hold a grudge. That's important to understand. And what will happen, okay, if we don't. Now, and lead us not into temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And boy, he is out there working overtime today for yours, God, 
is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now then, read the next verse. Because this becomes important. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Okay? But, if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. Okay? That's why we're not to hold a grudge. Now, let's come here to Matthew 18. Matthew 18 is all about offenses all the way through. Okay? I'll let you read it. I'll let you look at the things. We're supposed to, if someone sins, Peter says, well, if my brother sins against him, how many times do I forgive him? Seven times? And Jesus said, no, seven times 70. Okay? That's 490 times. Now, does that not demonstrate the faithfulness and patience of God? Okay? Let's come here to verse 35, the very last verse. Summarizes the whole thing, everything there in, verse, in chapter 18. Likewise shall your heavenly Father also do to you, that is, not forgive your sins, if each of you does not forgive his brother his offenses from the heart. No grudges. Now, let's cover just a couple of other things. Let's come here to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Verse 12. Here is the whole goal of all the elders, all the ministers, and so forth. Not his overlords, but what God wants. See? Verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, the upbuilding, the strengthening, not condemning, not looking down upon, not ruling over, perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying. Now, edifying means the building up. Now, when you're building up, there are also some things you need to take away that hinder the building. Okay? So you do that. Until we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, that's what God wants. Now, let's look at something else. What happens when something occurs and you get angry? Okay. What does God tell us? Okay. Let's come over here to verse 24. Okay. And that you put on the new man, which according to God is created or being created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Therefore, let each of you put away lies and speak the truth with his neighbor, because we are members of one another. 
And when you become angry, do not sin. Okay? And do not let the sun go down on your anger. Now, that's important. How many times have you been so angry you couldn't sleep? See? Well, you go and repent before you go to bed and ask God to help you have peace of mind because notice the next verse. Neither give place to the devil. Okay? Let's come, we'll finish again by coming to 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, because this is all part of our warfare in overcoming. 2 Corinthians 10. And we're living in a world where there is more evil projected upon us and upon all the people of the world than at any time in the history of the world. So we need to be aware of that. Now, here's what Paul says. Verse 4. Okay? So that we understand what we need to do. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You're not going to find any psychological answer to solving the problems that we have discussed unless you come to the Word of God to get the answers but mighty through God to the overthrowing of strongholds. Now, what are those strongholds in the heart and mind and our reactions? Okay? We all have weakness. We all have things that would tend to take us down. We need to be aware of those and overcome it. Okay? overthrowing strongholds, casting down vain imaginations. Now today, we have a lot of things that are thrown at us, especially with everything that we have with all the digital devices and television and radio and music and all of this sort of thing. Everywhere you go, you can't even go into a store that they don't play music. Okay? casting down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That is, you have to know these things that Satan puts out there so we can cast them down, okay? And bringing into captivity, in other words, controlling your mind. Bringing into captivity Every thought. Now, focus on that. And you will see that is a full-time job. Okay. Every thought into the obedience of Christ. That's the self-control and self-correction that I've been talking about here recently in the different messages that I have been bringing, see? Because in spite of all that's going on around us, we can't let those things overwhelm us. But we stay close to God. We love one another. We serve God. 
we continue to yield to God. And this is the key. Casting down vain imaginations. Okay? Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So this is how we can control what we say, what we hear, and what we know. So let's look at these things and apply them so that with the upcoming feast that we have coming, that we can have a good feast in loving each other and serving each other and helping each other.